We back. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Back from the dead. Yeah. Episode what now? Um, check check the stats. Eighteen. It's been a month. Uh, uh Henry Woods. <laughs> checking uh, in. What's Noah up, Lyons checking in. What well, we did that backwards, bro. I'm Henry Woods. And I'm Noah. And guess what? <laughs> What's really good? Yeah. No. yeah. And <laughs> shout out to Apple. Yeah. We're now on. Oh! <laughs> Yo, yeah. <laughs> that totally like happened. We're definitely on Apple uh, Podcast now. So subscribe. What's really going on? Search it. Logo. So, subscribe. Subscribe. So we made it now. So yeah. Apple Apple recognized the strength <laughs> of the podcast. We made it. It's so we were, we're, we're, we were so popping. They didn't even send us a confirmation <laughs> email. It's just expected. They were like, here. Yeah, we ain't even got to write y'all back. Y'all know what it is. So there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, we're going to get into a lot of politics stuff since the midterms coming up. A little bit of culture dipping and dabbing. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what you want to start? You want to start off with some uh, politics stuff? Or you want to start off with some Georgia stuff, some culture stuff? I mean... What's, 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 what's up, bro? So what do you want to start with? We can start with the election because actually today... In D.C. is early elections. They start mm-hmm. early um, voting. Early voting. Uh, yeah. Tripping. Early ver- voting starts in D.C. Um, for the November 6th election. So if Two you're weeks. a D.C. Maryland resident, I encourage you to vote early if you can. And, um, and Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. I, that just like slips on In Virginia, um, I actually sent my absentee ballot. <laughs> Last week, so my votes will be counted in the upcoming election. So we should start. I mean, we should start at the big and then go down to the little. Yeah. So like, um, so like you overall, right? Like, so like you yeah. said, the midterm elections are coming up two weeks. Um, so like Henry uh, put it, everyone should go check the early voting um, places, whether that's in D.C. or wherever your home state is from, or absentee ballots and stuff like that. You can go to like Rock to Vote, Vote.gov, or like. Basically, your local government website, your secretary of state, they should have all that information. Um, Unless you're from Georgia. They, yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, so, basically, so, these midterm elections will decide the fate of governor's elections, state house races, or state house legislatures. Um, everyone's largely going to focus on the House and the Senate. The House, by pretty much most accounts, is likely to switch over control to the Democrats. Um, the Senate is currently neck and neck. So that can still be that's still kind of up in the air. Um, yeah, you want to break down like fifty. You want to break down the stats. We were yeah, yeah, so yeah. we might as well. So the house right now um, is four hundred and thirty-five. Um, so everybody in there are up is up for re-election, which is a good thing, especially because this particular election is such a big deal because Trump can either continue to push his agenda if he gains control in both the House and the Senate, or he could possibly get impeached. <laughs> so that's like the big thing with this election, uh, especially because a lot of like what he's trying to do, repeal the Affordable Care Act, how he is pushing like the big immigration, separate your parents thing. Um, those are big legislation yeah, that... Like the border funding. Right. Yeah, that still hasn't um, been decided. All of those are big things Trump is attempting to 
push for but hasn't been able to because of like the current stats with the house and the senate senate is 100 members every uh two years a third are up so it's like 32 um or no it's like 34 because they have like special elections which is weird um but this time so like i think henry's like basically saying like which is really smart is that each chamber is important for like for different reasons like in the house it's like um they control i mean they're not they could bring up impeachment proceedings. They can also control investigations or they can say like, Hey, we didn't, we don't think we found out enough about Kavanaugh. We want to get more of those documents so we can close a loop on this. The Russia investigation, we want to do a proper investigation of this in the Senate. Um, the Senate's a little bit more like high and mighty. They basically get to vote on judges. Like we just saw. Um, they also get to vote on, let's say, Trump want to pick some random secretary for a federal agency that doesn't know what they're doing, or he want to pick a district attorney who like has never practiced law, which he's done. They get to like <laughs> vote up or down on that. Um, and I think this is something that Henry's always been talking about, and that we've always tried to spotlight. A lot of a lot of uh, folks of melanin running for Bro, running for office. That, like, and that's what while I was like filling out the ballot ballot. <laughs> What's going on? Ballot. Um, as I was like looking up like people running, because of course Stacey Abrams is running for governor in Georgia, which she could potentially like change that red state to a blue state in the what past two decades. Yeah. Um, so like her and then like it's several other A lot, yeah. Like I'm not down even down ballot. Like yeah, I'm like, saying down the ballot. Just the Georgia ballot alone mm-hmm. is so many African Americans running and I was like whoa this yeah. is so great uh, and I read an article that speaks toward how like this Trump era of administration has like backfired and inspired a lot of women and minorities to run uh, like on both sides not just them right yeah. so I think that's the interesting thing about this whole it's like a much yeah. it's not just like the same cast of like the same older people, white men right and, right, you know, right people who came up through the system like I know we, like, you've always been spotlighting, like, random people who are like, oh, this person who wasn't always in politics, or this person was a teacher, or this person was just, like, a community organizer, like, mm-hmm. the person who won in um, in the Bronx and Queens district over the summer, like, she wasn't, uh, as, you know, some would say, like, a career politician, she was mm-hmm. just a teacher, she was an organizer, um, like, we talked about Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. There's another woman, um, Johanna Hayes from Connecticut. They're on, and Johanna Hayes was a teacher. Um, those two are on track to be the first, basically, black reps of their state's delegation ever. Which so, is your crazy. state delegation includes, like, your House members and your senators. So, they're on track not to only be the first black women, but the first blacks in general. Which is, like, great. Which is crazy. Yeah. And it's, like, I think it's the fact that there's a lot of energy behind them and that we're not just looking for people who come from like conventional backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's super important. And like, I'll let you read the list of like the other people who are running in all these other districts, which is crazy. Why did you do this? You know, I put your names. (laughs) I got you. But no, so black candidate is running for the house. Colin Allen. Allred. Alred, that's an R. Your handwriting is bad. In Texas, Lauren Underwood in Illinois, Antonio Delgado in New York, Stephen Horsford, Horsford yeah. in Nevada. Yeah. So, 
That's a lot. I mean, and that I think, is a lot. And I think what we're always trying to talk about is that I think it's important that one. Oh Lord, I'm dropping stuff. Um, you can leave that. Um, thank you, Henry. Um, I think it's important that they're not just coming from like the traditional areas where it's like, oh, this person represents the city of Atlanta, or this person represents D.C. Like um, Johanna Hayes, who we previously mentioned, is from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that we not just have black reps who are from majority minority districts but basically right. who have basically i think it's important to say that we have black people who are representing areas across the country it's so widespread right because right. it not only i think it not only makes us feel better because it's like oh we as people are represented by people who we know are going to have our interests uh-huh. but i think it also shows to the movement that people who don't look like us are starting to say hey if we want to have a different message most likely this black woman is the most likely to be a progressive And that's what's interesting because the other day I seen this clip of Chelsea Handler Mm -hmm. on uh, Ellen. Yeah. And she was saying that we, like, we as white women have to start supporting black women because they always do what's right. They don't follow the trend. They don't, you know, protect them they do what's right they do what's in the best interest of the general population right uh, and she had like this netflix docuseries um that i may check out that it observes like white privilege mm. and how they just ignore it in certain instances and how that privilege could be used to benefit other people and right. minorities um so it was the interest interest Ah, my mouth just ridiculous. Because we can't do this. Right. Because we, we haven't done this in a while. We're a little rusty. Uh, it was an interesting take on on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you hit it. I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense that if you want someone who's going to be probably the most inclusive in terms of helping people, in terms of, you know, making sure everyone has education, health care. Right. Most, not even most likely, a black woman is the most likely to do that in terms of legislation, in terms exactly. of what they introduce. Um, so that was just in the House, in the Senate. Um, oh, unfortunately, yeah, we can't forget my man, Howard alum, Mike Espy. Oh, he went to Howard? Yes. I didn't even he know He was that. Donald Tim. I know him personally. Oh, uh, excuse- I went to- <laughs> okay, take the floor, bro. I was, I was prepared to explain this, but you got uh, it. He's running for the Senate in Mississippi. He's a cool, genuine, dedicated, smart, intelligent man. Like, um... And he's a good he's a good candidate too because he, he was a, a former member of the House. Mm-hmm. Then he was Secretary of Agriculture under Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. So Secretary, yes. <laughs> put some respect on that man. Right. Um, uh, like I met him through my mentor Donald Temple. They they were roommates at Howard. Um, of course. Right. <laughs> so it, like it was just cool to meet him. I actually went to one of his fundraisers here or two of his fundraisers here in D.C. this past summer. He's a good dude. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, so yeah, like the, it's just it gets me excited to see across the board of politics, not even like just black people, but minorities um, are running for office. Yeah, like Latinos, Native voice. Americans, right? You know, Muslims, right. they're all everyone saying exactly. like, nah, it's this, time. This is my it's time. time. It's time. Um, and I think yeah, it's a good uproar or whatever you want to call it that's happening in the country to where people are realizing underlying issues they have always persisted in the country but have never been spoken about so when Kanye West goes and acts like a fool wearing a red hat we're not flagging it as okay anymore we're flagging it as an issue it's a topic of discussion and we need to figure out what's going on right yeah that's not okay that's not the norm and when you have things like that going on you're gonna have like these I guess responses where people 
are either like gonna follow the trend or they're gonna do something about the issues at hand. Right. Uh, so I, I I think what's happening right now is a it's a good and proper way to respond to Trump being elected as yeah. president. And I think um to finish off on SP before we go to your state of Georgia. Um I think SP's case is good. I think he's gonna be in a really tough race. It's gonna go to a runoff that's going to be in December because um, no candidate is going to get 50% on election day. So then it goes like the top two candidates. Um, people should take a little bit of hope in this race because uh, we praise this when it happened. But this is basically kind of like the same setup that Doug Jones had in Alabama last year where it there was an initial election. Nobody won, went to a runoff. And everybody came out in droves. Black woman led the way. And there's a Democratic senator in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Mississippi has a little bit better favorable demographics in terms of there are a lot more black people in. I mean, there's black people in Alabama. But there are, Mississippi has a higher percentage of black people and black eligible voters in Alabama. So basically, if the same kind of wave happens, you never know what can happen. So we might be able to say that we not only have a Democratic senator in Mississippi, but there's a black Democratic senator in which is great. Bro, we're, we're living in a very historical time. Speaking um, of historic, <laughs> um, your boy, Bryant Kemp. Um, so the Secretary of State in Georgia. Like, when I found this out, I was like, what? He put 53,000 voters on hold. So basically, it's like, you may be able to vote. Right. And um, for more context, he's the Secretary of State who's running against Stacey Abrams, and the Secretary of States, they control, like, how the election laws are administered. They control, like, oh, we're going to close this polling place. Okay, they basically are controlling the election system in the state. So Brian Kemp is running for office while controlling the election system. Seems like they're, I mean, as a a Georgia resident, (laughs) it is kind of fishy. Um, Because, like, for one... I mean, I understand he's in the current position, so, like, it is some type of discrepancy in that within itself. Like, is he supposed to resign from those roles because those are his duties as Secretary of State? Which is what he's, which is what he has said, yeah. Right. Uh, so, I understand that, but at the same time with, like, because I watched the clip that you put on the doc mm-hmm. uh, where Stacey Abrams was saying they sued him in 2016. And won. And won. <laughs> For this exact same issue, so it, it brought up to me like the shadiness, I guess, that happened in politics because she was saying how he was still able to push it through and make it a statewide thing to where like the, right yeah because like, then it became a state it wasn't just his ruling they made it then the state legislature were like oh we'll take it up exactly right uh, so that's what kind of made it fishy to me because like if we sue him for discrepancy with this issue. And how is disproportionate minorities and I think they said seventy over like a seventy five percent. Seventy percent of the people black. that were supposed suppressed were black African Americans, and he uh, attempted to like blame the New Georgia Project, which is like a voter like a, registration, a vote registration group, uh, group uh, that Stacey Abrams found in like two thousand thirteen or whatever. So he tried to blame them and said that they were uh, they were turning in inadequate forms. They weren't properly filled out and right. they were hard to read and blah, blah, blah. Just making excuses, it seemed like to me, as to why he did this. Because potentially, like now, 
for instance, one of the articles, uh, I can't recall, recall the girl's name. It was like Ayana something. She's a professor, and she was actually explaining to her students how to register to vote and like how to check to see if you're registered. And she went on, and she found out that her uh, her registration was put on hold. Right. right. Because she was trying to show somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so she found out that her registration was put on hold, and she like contacted private sources and figured out that her registration was put on hold because it was a hyphen in her name. Right. So the, now we're so like to explain the rule, um, which is what Henry basically just kind of laid out. It's basically saying that your application has to match your social security slash like driver information. Right. So it's basically not one. It's not accounting for the fact that you might move or there might be a clerical error. But it's basically saying that there has to be a perfect match even though so it's almost like making sure that you have all of your other ducks in a row before you do that right it's like and for me that is kind of suppressing but because like most people with ethnic backgrounds have these names that are creative and they may have a hyphen or maybe spelled this way but like the driver's per like all the time, you tell somebody your name and they spell it one way, and then right. you never go get it changed because of the process of like going to the DMV and having to re-register and all of that. And now you can't vote because your something's misspelled or it's a punctuation off. Or right, and it's not also accounting for the fact that you might move. Like if they had this in Maryland, that's what I was about to say. They I would say like, like, okay, um, your taxes are filed somewhere in Hyattsville, but yet you're registered somewhere. In, to, in Tacoma Park. Right. Flag. Something's not right. Right. Even though I'm still registered, nothing has significant has changed, they're basically saying that if all of your stuff is not in in unison, if all of your stuff is not in equal step, not accounting for the fact that you might move or that you might be registered through your mother's address or you might, because you might not have a permanent address. Right. Especially if you're a young person, you might move several times, several times in a year. You might do month-to-month leases it's not accounting for the fact that like okay i just want to put a stable address down right um so i think that's where i that's not where i think that's where all of the hostility is coming toward toward kemp and toward the state legislature in georgia where they're basically saying that you created this law that disproportionately affects young voters and minorities um kemp recently put out a video and we'll um we'll be sure to put to include this in like links and stuff where he was basically trying to explain the law, and even that came out as like racist because he basically had this white, this young through kids, which was weird. He basically had this white kid, um, this young white boy who signed up and was like, "Oh, he has his driver's license and all of it matches, and he gets to vote." And then it has like this little black girl pulling up, and then she's like, "Oh, but her stuff didn't match." So then she has to go to like a separate office, and then they're basically like, "Oh yeah, if your stuff doesn't match, you don't get to vote." And it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're basically explaining, like, what you honestly want. It's like the white white man to vote and the black woman can't. Like, dude, can you, like, just not switch that around? So that happened. um, And I think also this is related to what Henry flagged for me and what I've been finding out recently through um, work is that the Supreme Court recently in North Dakota, they made a state ruling. They made a ruling on a state law that basically said that um, voters have to have permanent addresses. 
So basically, if you and this this affects the Native American population in North in North Dakota, where they might not be registered through a specific residential address, but they uh-huh. often have PO boxes, uh-huh. or if they're on their reservation, or if they're some of them, I even said they don't use street names. So it's like you can't send to them, so they have their stuff in PO boxes. They basically said that that's they can't do that. So they basically said that if you want to regi- if you want to be a registered voter in North Dakota, you have to have a permanent address. Like That's basically, crazy. if you only had a PO box because you're like, well, the tribe that I'm a part of or the reservation I have, we don't have a specific mailing address. We right. all get our stuff through a PO box. They basically said that that doesn't work, which is I think That's ludicrous. Like that within itself says. We don't we're want you tar- to vote. Right. right. We're targeting a specific group of people who we don't want to vote, and we're going to limit them by writing out this specific thing. And it, it's just crazy how, like, politicians do this stuff and, like... They're not even, like, discreet about it. Right. It's blatant. <laughs> it's blatant. Like, that's one of the big things that the Supreme Court was, like, the uh, gerrymandering stuff that's going yeah, on in, like, like North flag- Carolina. It's, it's, like... flagrant. It's crazy how... The same issues that were supposedly dealt with in the 60s or whatever, they're just continuing Never to re- arise in a different light. And it's just ridiculous. And also, um, oh no, finish your thought. Go ahead. No, because I was going to say this also has to do with the Voting Rights Act. When the right. Supreme Court basically was like, we don't, they don't have, the Department of Justice doesn't have to clear changes in voting rights laws in states that have historically been discriminatory they basically said like you all are good because after the voting rights act was passed in i think 68 the the department of justice basically had to say if you want to change your laws you have to go through us because we don't trust that you can do them in a fair manner right and ever since the supreme court basically said you all don't have to do that anymore there's no coincidence that this stuff is happening because it's like one thing leads to another like the supreme court basically said we're just going to turn a blind eye we trust you and then they're doing all this stuff. Right. And I think, like you said earlier, that gets to the point of how important not just like the federal stuff is, because federal laws can't change any of this. Right. It's all of the local stuff. State so that's why, laws. like, having Stacey Abrams as governor, who actually, like, threw her work before she was even interested in governor with the, what did you say the group was called? New Georgia Project. New Georgia Project. You know that she's interested in making sure everyone has an equal opportunity to vote. So that's something that, as governor in control of basically everything in the state that she can do if you have more black or not even more black if you have basically more state reps who care about this right they can who basically draw your... what their constituents need and i think that's the problem with a lot of the politicians that exist or have existed in our time is that they're they're they run in districts that they may not relate to or they don't have like the community's needs on their specific agenda that they're it's weird like especially me coming from georgia like it's a lot of like or even being in dc and seeing people that are running for certain positions and speaking with them or learning about them through whatever source you're like you're not even like in tap with what's going what's on going on and it's like especially in georgia especially growing up in georgia i'd imagine like yeah. where it's like you're in the atlanta suburban area so it's like you should still be in tap with like what's going on in that surrounding area, but you're yeah. like focused on what's going on. Way it's like you're focusing on the the, the minority exactly, and then effect, and then that affects 
the everybody majority, else. Right, and that's the problem with it. Uh, so, again, kudos to all the minority black <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> all the, that's Like, important. I'm hyped. Uh, I hope, because, you know, it's known that, like, midterm elections are, like... People don't vote. Yeah, typically don't vote. So, I'm praying that, like... Because it's been a lot of, like... Taylor Swift spoke out. Yeah, people are starting to get supposedly after she spoke on it, voter registration. No, voter registration in Nashville went up. Right. um, So and Tennessee in general. So like, let's pray that midterm elections do some good. Yeah. Um. Tell your friends to vote. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, tell them to vote. Like, if you live in Georgia, I know. Like, we have a Howard following on this podcast. Henry's from Georgia. A lot of people we know are from Atlanta. If you're either not registered, try to get registered. Tell your mama, tell your tell your cousin, tell, tell your, your brother, tell your brother. daddy. <laughs> tell, I mean, tell them to vote because I think all along, all along, if you can vote, pardon, pardon. And one of the things uh, on Georgia Georgia's like ballot or whatever is giving the right to like certain um, criminals. Oh, really? Vote. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's huge. It is huge. I was like, oh, that's big. That's really big. So, that's so it's like cool. a it's like a state initiative, or it's like something you could like vote on, yeah, on the ballot. Yeah, state initiative. Even more reason. Yeah, so um, it's really cool. So now we're gonna try to dip and dab and we're a little gonna bit beef of, it up a little bit. We talk about politics. <laughs> up next, black cinema. Um, every now and again, we try to we try to highlight. Um, as I'll I'll, I'll put on my. Uh, Damon Wayne's voice, like he did in uh, in Living Color, you know, blacks in film. Oh my um, god! <laughs> so, um, the movie "The Hate You Give" came out this week. Um, it's a debut novel by Angie Thomas. She wrote the book earlier this year, I think, or in 2017. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong about that. Um, it's basically, it deals with police brutality and social as well as cultural issues um, from the perspective of a teenage girl. Um, it was based on um, Thomas's writing after Oscar Grant was killed, and basically his killing made the Fruitvale movie, Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. So basically that killing that happened, I think, in 09, inspired Thomas to write this piece, which then created the book, and now the movie is based on the book. Um, so I think this is just important because I think, one, there aren't a lot of films, there are a lot of documentaries that kind of deal with police brutality and these kind of issues, but I think to see it in a film with actual characters through the perspective of a young girl. I think there were, you know, in the 90s, there were, like, a lot of coming-of-age black movies like that, like Boys in the Hood and right. Inkwell. What's, like, the closest thing that we've had to that for, like, this... I mean, we were all doing backflips when Black Panther came out. So, I mean, like... I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's good to I have think, that coming-of-age story from the perspective of a young... And it's not woman. just talking about slavery, right? No, it's talking about, like, the aspect Societal of code switching. Issues, it's talking right. about systemic oppression, police brutality, and it's all from the perspective of a young girl. Right. Which is not only kind of, like, the people who we often ignore when this happens. We ignore, like, young children, but we especially ignore like, the women who are in these scenarios, because I think oftentimes, like, oh, we can name all the names, and they're all largely men, but I think we're not often focusing on the women, especially the young women, who are literally seeing all this, and we're getting her perspective on 
all of it on everything. So I think that's just something to highlight. I want to see it. Well, um, I'm about to go see it at ten oh five. So I are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, shout out to that. Yeah. That's so cool. I'll definitely let you know. I'm excited. Um. Like you said, it gives you a perspective from a young person's point of view, a young black person's point of view. So that in itself is just intriguing to me. So, um, yeah. So on to the next. Uh, so one of our, or a few of our faves, yeah. uh, Booker, yeah. y'all know Court Booker, uh, Kamala Harris, Scott. Tim Scott, black go. Republican from yeah, Tim South Scott. Carolina. I don't keep tabs on him. <laughs> the funny thing is when he uh, explain explain what he did. Um, but yeah, they introduced an anti-lynching bill that would uh, make lynching a federal crime equals life in prison. Um, and Booker states that like literally thousands of African Americans were lynched throughout history, and the Senate never stepped up. And this time they're stepping up, so it's, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, a little initiative. You would think something like this was being like you think, yeah. um, and I think the New York Times in an article they wrote about it. They basically said um, almost two thousand similar bills have been introduced in Congress between eighteen eighty two and nineteen eighty six, but none have passed. And that's the big which one. is like that's the big which one. is incredible. So I mean, in a literal sense, like I hope this bill just goes on the floor so you can literally basically see like yes or no, right? Because I think if it. I mean, like, I, the funny thing is, I want to say, like, there's no way it can't, but, like, it has a thousand times, like, or two hundred. We live in 2018. So, I think that's good on them, because I think, in, uh, it sounds, like, so cheesy, but in a symbolic way, I think it's good for, basically, a federal document that is, like, signed into law that basically says, hey, this thing that happened, that's crazy, <laughs> We're against, like, we're past, not even that we're past that, but we recognize that. You have to write it in law because if you don't, it never happens. Right. Like, we can say, like, oh, lynching is bad, but, like, I got the document. You're going to jail. (laughs) Lynching is bad. Right. Article 2, Section 5. But you know what I mean? Like, there's power in that. And I think that that, because oftentimes where we try to say, like, hey, this is important, people are like, yeah, it's important, but then, like, y'all don't do anything about it. Right. It doesn't act. Nothing actually changes until there's either like money behind something or until someone writes it down. And I think that for them to not only write it down to introduce it, but hopefully to pass it, that would be that, a big step. That means something. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a euro step over this Kavanaugh pass Supreme Court. I don't know if you have any like thoughts about it. I. I mean, you can't don't. just like I, pass that. Skirt. Skirt. I mean, it's over. Done with. Nothing we can do about it. They bullshit. On that uh, little we, investigation. We can cuss. Did. We on Apple, baby. No. You didn't. <laughs> Before they take it away. Nah. <laughs> nah, but on some real, um, it's just crazy that, it like, crazy. it happened because it's a slap in the face to people who have been sexually assaulted. It's just crazy, man. I mean, I think. And then. Yeah, it's. it's him it's, and his, like, you can tell he's going to the Supreme Court with an agenda. Because he basically said he was. He basically right. said it. <laughs> like, and it's like, yeah. knowing that, knowing what you alle- were alleged to have done, it's just like, like, what? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you we said, we allow them people to, like, just, just skirt through that. Right. I think, like I said, or like you said, I think it's crazy, and I think 
I mean, even though it's, this sounds even worse, like history will judge this and they'll write it like this actually happened. Right. And I think that given this climate of actually, I'll say it, like holding people accountable for what they have done, I think, no, I mean, I think that that's important, but I think that then it's kind of like how now we're getting on to like the point of like, hey, this stuff that happened that we just kind of accepted is not okay. And I think that later it's going to be even more. But like if 20 years down the line, if someone's just like, hey, wait a minute, this guy was like accused of attempted rape and is now on the Supreme Court. Like that's like that's really not OK. It is not OK. And I think that it's going to backfire. Like I can tell you, like probably when we're in our 30s and 40s, when like we have kids and they're like, wait, hold on. What? Like that happened? So I just think that's something to um, to look out for. Do you want to explain the... The Rihanna joint? Oh, yeah. They reached out to her to perform at the Super Bowl, and she said, I'm with Kaepernick. Um, Even though she low-key does not make music no more. I thought about that. I mean, she's like, I mean, she was still nobody in my Rihanna. It's Rihanna. She's like, ain't nobody. We wait. People wait on that album. She's not drop music. She's just She is. She's the ambassador of Barbados. She's like, I'm chilling. She got Fenty now. She's like, F y'all. No, I mean, I don't think she's not going to make music. I think she's focusing on different aspects of her career and like her being her as a creative person. I think that's great. She's establishing herself as a household name. Boom. Um, did you see the thing I put in about the NFL protest? I can explain it to you if you have no thoughts. So you could have. I don't even know what you're talking about. So basically, there was a uh, there was a little uh, scuffle at a football game on Sunday because I told, I heard the scuffle at the yeah, basketball yeah. game. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold this hell. Hold on, watch <laughs> out. Um, I think we'll save that because I think that'll be an interesting conversation next time. So I think. We're going to try to do this Not again. next time. We're going to do no, We're we, going to be gonna more the, consistent. We're going to do the post-midterm show. That's two weeks from now. We, that was the goal to have episodes every two weeks, Henry. Audience, <laughs> oh, tell us what we need. Tell us what so we need. So shout out to y'all. Episode 18. Um, check us out. Subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can still listen to us on All that. Henry Woods. No lines. 18 episodes. Screw. <laughs>